Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, January 10th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, the American Academy of Pediatrics has new guidelines for childhood obesity. We examine the changes and what it could mean for Mississippi families. Then, months after their historic pay raise went into effect, Mississippi teachers get a hike in insurance premiums, plus safe banking and the new medical marijuana industry. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Changes released this week by the American Academy of Pediatrics show a shift in the attitudes and methods used to treat childhood obesity. National guidance has remained the same for years, with minimal interventions and emphasis on diet and exercise, and telling parents to wait and see if a child could age out of obesity. But new treatment standards highlight the need for early interventions and the multiple factors that contribute to childhood obesity. Dr. Jerry Weiland is a pediatrician in Vicksburg. She tells our Kobe Vance she's treated her overweight patients with this standard of care for years. I hate to say this, but I, I, I've been doing this same sort of approach for 40 years now. I mean, I, if I saw in, in the past, you know, the American Academy of Pediatrics has not been as vigorous with their recommendations, but I've always been vigorous with it. I mean, I, I've always said that pediatricians, especially general pediatricians, are the front line in obesity. If you don't get a child and their family understanding nutrition and exercise, you can't wait until they're overweight. Um, you know, there's all, there's all kinds of factors involved here. There's a lot of genetics involved. There's a lot of um, habits involved. There's, you know, food as comfort, food as, as, as a social event. And you know, I've always looked, even from a very young age, I we I see my patients once a year. I show the mom and dad what the growth curve looks like. If we start to be excessive in our weight for height, I talk about that. I'm not real crazy about just looking at numbers, Kobe. I don't like a BMI of this and that and the percentage here and there because you really have to take in a lot of factors. I mean, I, I look at my patients if they have a large frame, I'm not going to tell them they, you know, they're overweight because of this percentage. You just have to look at 
the whole patient, the whole family, and the whole situation. But if pediatricians and family practitioners, the people who do primary care, don't understand that they are where this starts, then then we're going to have a problem. But I really feel like there's a lot of us that have been doing this for a very long time. What do you think it could mean for children in Mississippi for this to be a more mainstream approach to healthcare, taking it out of just not just the pediatricians' offices who are dealing with this like yourself on a day-to-day basis, but potentially having this seen by insurance providers or having it seen by other family doctors who might not be as in tune with, or or, or even lay people, I should say, people who. Well, well I, yeah, I this if this raises awareness that obesity is truly a health issue, and there are underlying social and genetic and other factors that cannot be overcome by just saying quit eating then it's going to ha- it's going to help if they underst- if people if the lay people understand if insurance companies understand that there we may need more than just to tell somebody to go on a diet that would be helpful at the at the present time even for teenagers and young adults i don't think that insurance companies approve certain medications that are very effective for weight loss because their only official use is in uh, diabetes type 2. Well, we really don't want to wait until people have type 2 diabetes to give them the medications that can help them. Uh, And that is an area where the insurance companies can take a look at providing medication, especially to your older teenagers who are already overweight. Once you get to a certain weight, if you're you know, if you're 50 to 100 pounds overweight, just lifestyle changes can help, but you sometimes need other medications. We use some things, but there's a lot of tools that we cannot use because they're determined to be used for type 2 diabetes and not for obesity. What What is the importance of having these urgent early responses to seeing someone developing um, their, their weight at a faster rate than they should be? Well, I don't know whether you've ever tried to lose weight, but I can promise you it's easier not to put it on than to try to take it off. And that just sounds so simplistic, but it's the truth. If I can get my patients to understand it, if we can get the general public and if we can get insurance companies to understand that providing healthy choices, education for healthy choices, including what you eat and what you do is going to pay off a whole lot more than trying to use medicines when someone has become overweight. You know, once you become overweight, you don't feel like doing anything and you may sit there and eat more than you should. And you just, it's just a vicious cycle. So if we, the met, the medical profession knows about this, you're right. If we can get the public to understand that you got to start out early and you, you know, just because little Johnny wants to have that whole bag of cookies doesn't mean you should let him do that. I mean, there's just simple things to do that will keep this problem from happening. I tell my patients this all the time. I don't think, I mean, I, I've laughed before. I, t- I told a young lady this today. I said, I could, I, I don't recommend diets. Diet's a four-letter word to me, but I recommend that we look for ways for you to do lifestyle changes, which, it, which incre- includes increasing your exercise, making good, healthy food choices, and getting rid of your bad habits, um, because that's what you can live with now and 10 years from now and 20 years from now, because you don't make changes that you can't stay with. 
what would be your advice to parents who are seeing their child developing obesity and they would like to be able to help to intervene with their own child and find ways to help them live a healthier lifestyle? Well, there's there's always physicians like myself, and I'm, there are dietitians that can be helpful. Actually, just identifying it as a problem is the first step. A, a lot of times the parents have a weight issue also, and they have got to understand that they can't ask their child to do something that they're not willing to do also. So if they're willing to make the lifestyle changes, then it's going to be easier for the child to make those lifestyle changes. I've seen this happen in families, especially families where one of the parents has diabetes and everybody has to go on an uh, uh, American Diabetes Association diet. Everybody gets healthier because it's basically a healthy diet. It's not a starve yourself diet. It's a let's eat healthy foods in good quantities diet. Is there anything else we haven't touched on that you'd like to share with Mississippians about the importance of staying healthy whenever, like whether it be through childhood or into adulthood? Well, Kobe, I think it's important that children and adults, everyone tries to stay as active as possible at any age, anything they feel like they can do. Getting up and doing something is going to be healthier than not. Making good food choices, not having those second helpings, those kind of things are great. Yes, that food is great, but you don't have to have a big pile of it. A little bit will do. I think if we all look at those kind of things and understand that some people are going to have more trouble than others, then we're going to help ourselves and help our family. Dr. Jerry Weiland, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Cubby. Mississippi has one of the highest childhood obesity rates in the nation, with more than 23% of kids aged 10 to 17 identified as overweight. Coming up, months after their historic pay raise went into effect, Mississippi teachers get a hike in insurance premiums. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org or on your smart devices podcasting platform. Discover everything MPB Think and MPB Music Radio have to offer with just the sound of your own voice. Ask for the one you want by name. For news, great storytelling, humor, games, and more, say smart speaker, play MPB Think Radio. For musical selections, ranging from a dozen genres from classical to bluegrass, jazz to adult alternative, say smart speaker, Play MPB Music Radio. Tuning in is easier than ever. Just ask for the one you want by name. Say smart speaker. Play MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Starting this month, teachers in the state will see some of their recently approved pay raise offset by increasing insurance rates. The hike is part of an increase for all state employees. Kelly Riley is the executive director of the Mississippi Professional Educators Organization. In a conversation with our Lacey Alexander, she shares what feedback she's getting from members and breaks down how the rate changes affect teachers' take-home pay. For a a state employee who um, chooses to have his or her spouse and or children on the plan, that 
you know, that has a significant impact. And not only did the premiums increase, but also effective January 1st, the um, select insurance plan under the state health insurance plan saw um, network deductibles deductibles increased by 300 for an individual, $300, excuse me, and family coverage increased by $600. So those are significant increases. And we have received, um, you know, I've received several comments and inquiries from our members regarding these increases. We also saw someone make a statement that said that Mississippi teachers with families receive the weakest insurance coverage of any southern state and pay the highest premium. Is that correct? Well, actually, that point came up. You'll remember in the fall of 2021, um, Senate Education Chairman Dennis DeBar held a hearing in the state Senate on um, teacher compensation and benefits, and it looked at everything from the teacher salary schedule to school, state and school employees' health insurance to our retirement system. And in that hearing, which I believe was held in September of 2021, um, the, the state and school employees' health insurance plan director provided data that showed um, that while the total cost of public employee insurance is lower than that of other southern states, Mississippi employees pay more for family coverage. Other states subsidize family coverage a good deal more. For an example, I do have those numbers in 2020 for active employee health insurance monthly premium rates. Um, for family coverage in Alabama, an employee paid $251 while the state paid almost $1,100. And that compared to Mississippi, where the employee paid $726 and the state only paid $378. Um, and again, those are 2020 numbers. Sorry for my ignorance. Educate me a little bit here. Does this mean that the state is paying significantly less yet again, or is this entirely on the move of, is this entirely Blue Cross Blue Shield's decision to up premiums? Well, I, I think. Um, I think both parties could be more aggressive in um, in reviewing and monitoring the the cost and the benefits to state employees. Um, of course, you know Blue Cross Blue Shield is a um, rather large corporation, and they do um, administer the hate, the state health insurance plan, and so they have a great deal of control over it. Um, but likewise, the, the state and its review body, the State and School Employees Health Insurance Management Board, you know, I, I do think they could be somewhat more aggressive in holding Blue Cross Blue Shield accountable for any premium increases. Um, and so we actually sent a, a letter um, to the Health Insurance Management Board um, back in early June just expressing that, you know, such changes only um, – they only heighten the sensitivity among educators that pay raises are often accompanied or offset by changes in insurance and, and premiums and deductibles. 
And that seems to be a little bit of the case here. I mean, last year we just passed, lawmakers just passed this big raise. I believe the average raise that a teacher would be receiving in Mississippi was a little over 5000 How much of these premiums adding up will offset that new raise? Well, and you have to remember um – the, and, and certainly that was a historic pay plan, and, and we are appreciative. We think it was a huge step in the right di- direction in um, addressing our state's teacher shortage. But you have to remember that some of our veteran educators with more advanced degrees did not see such significant raises. So certainly there, there just seems to be a historical practice or trend, unfortunately, that when there is a teacher pay raise, you know, a few months later, boom, word comes down, oh, sorry, there's going to be you know, an insurance increase. And it, it's just happened repeatedly. And unfortunately, even when pay raises are being considered, um, you know, I will often hear from members, well, I, you know, as sure as we get a pay raise, insurance is going to go up again. It just sort of goes hand in hand. So it is a matter of concern to educators and not only educators, but the health insurance plan impacts all state employees in, in the state of Mississippi. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about your members and the reaction you're hearing from them. First thing I want to ask in that vein is, you know, you said that the insurance problem seems to have a little bit of a history. We've had these conversations for a few years. What are your members saying now? Are they, like you said, are most of them, did they expect this? Are they frustrated? What seems to be the tone whenever you talk to your members about this topic? They they seem to be frustrated, um, again, just because of that historical unofficial or official trend of any pay raise being accompanied by increased um, health care and insurance premiums or deductibles. Um, I've, I've heard from members, I'll, let me pull up, um, just as an example, I'm looking at emails from a member in Union County, um, here's another one in Wayne County, here's another one in Lowndes County, so, you know, statewide from North Mississippi to South Mississippi, um, primarily, you know, a lot of the comments deal with deductibles going up. Um, also, I received several comments as far as, um, you know, that the current insurance doesn't pay for anything until I reach my deductible, but the deductible's going up, so I have to pay. This is one member that says um, he is having to pay about $230 every three months. Um, for a specialist. So it's, you know, it's not just the members, but I often receive emails from my members regarding benefits for, um, you know, a child or a spouse that may, especially those that have um, a need for a specialist or um, possibly medications that the prescription plan will only cover, you know, up to a certain portion. If you had a lawmaker right in front of you and they asked, what's the first big change that this insurance plan needs to go under? What do you think is one of the glaring issues of the current insurance layout? Well, I think first the deductibles and um, the the need um, to look at specialists um, that may or may not be covered. But also just look at look at the trend data. Um, you know, I'll go back to the the hearing in the fall of of 2021 and the information that DFA shared, and um, you know, it showed that there was an increase in. 
2019, 2020, 2021. Of course, you know, we had, we've, we've discussed the prescription drug changes. We've got another increase. And, and it's not just teachers. I mean, it is all state employees, and that is a large group. And it just seems like we could, um, you know, that we should be able to negotiate a, a more beneficial plan for a covered group of, of that size. Kelly Riley is the executive director of Mississippi Professional Educators. Coming up, safe banking in the new medical marijuana industry. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. When you look at your vehicle, think of MPB. Need to get rid of your ride? Donate it by calling 877-MPB-4-CAR. Need to have some work done on your truck? Listen to AutoCorrect Thursdays at 10, Saturdays at 11. An MPB license plate reminds you that MPB is with you wherever you go. Go to your county office and ask for an MPB car tag. MPB and cars, better together. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Mississippi's cannabis industry is expected to begin sales within the coming weeks. When product finally does hit dispensaries, business owners will have to find solutions to revenue streams that present more hurdles than normal. Tyler Berline with Safe Harbor Financial tells our Kobe Vance, cannabis companies can have federally insured banking. But we're here to let the industry know that we're ready to bank them day one. Uh, There won't be any banking crisis or issues, uh, as as sometimes is purported in the media. Um, We're very experienced. We've been through a myriad of regulatory examinations, um, and we're here to provide a a full-service solution to the industry. What unique challenges are there in this industry that requires a unique banking solution? Well, it's federally legal. Uh, So you have an odd dichotomy where banks and credit unions are federally regulated, but the product is legal at the state level. So there are a series of compliance concerns that have to be taken into consideration. There's a lot of risk for institutions serving it, uh, but we've been able to to perfect that uh, over the years uh, as we bank this industry nationwide. Um, I assume y'all are not able to be FDIC insured, but um, how can you protect your customers? Um, can you speak to the protections that are in place for customers uh, that so they can be assured that banking in this way is going to be safe? Sure. So uh, so we are FDIC insured. You are. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. Yeah. It's, it's a, again, that's one of those things that I, I would say publicly a lot of times is, is ill-represented. Right, people don't understand, but we uh, we have a uh, compliance system um, and uh, best practices that we've built out over the years that enable us to not only bank this industry but to scale within it. So um, that's what gives us the ability to serve all state legal markets. What do you think that means for your uh, business in particular, as Mississippi is still just beginning to emerge and? possibly won't have much competition in the area until we see some larger growouts. Yeah, I, I, it's a big opportunity for us, and it's not only a big opportunity for us, but I think it's a, a big opportunity for us to educate the industry here on on best practices. Uh, because far too often, when industries launch, you know, I would say it, it brings out bad actors, and we want to be, you know, we want to show people how things should be done um, and and bank this sustainably into perpetuity. 
Anything you'd like to say to Mississippians who are in the cannabis industry but not really sure where they can get started when it comes to banking? Yeah, I would say reach out to us. Uh, my uh, my information is easily accessible. Uh, our company is very easy to find. And feel free to call us and reach out. Ask any questions you want. We've been doing this a long, long time, uh, and we can help people, and we're happy to in any way we can. Looking into the future for Mississippi when it comes to banking, uh, finding solutions between the state, these businesses, and the banks, what do you think are going to be some of the options available? You know, I, I think in each new market, those things get defined over time. But the beauty for the state of Mississippi is we're here now and we're ready to take the accounts. So there's, there's no reason why anybody should be without a bank account. Um, again, they can get a hold of us easily. Uh, we're, we're happy to bank everybody in this market. So um, come one, come all. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Tyler Berline of Safe Harbor Financial with our Kobe Vance. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.